for two, and they were so good. They were so good, and I used them in all different ways, and I made one of them. I, I mean, I was crazy. I, I, Mexico is an amazing place. It was like, yeah, it's it was crazy. Did you check out other than like the you know the twelve million dollar homes? Did you see how much a modest home like if you would yeah. ever to decide to move there? Did you see we could buy land? So the way to do it is we saw some different plots. Um, and the closer you are to the beach, obviously, the more expensive the plots are. But we saw plots ranging from 5000 to 36000 Now, the thing is, when you buy land in Mexico, you don't actually buy it forever. You get a 99-year lease from the government of Mexico. And it's it's sort of one of the one of the only socialist things they do. And it makes sense is that if you buy the land, you're going to use it in your lifetime. And you can pass that to your kids. But if it's your grandkids, where's that land going to go? Back to the fucking government or they can buy it again. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if any of those leases have been up since they've started doing that because it was 99-year lease. But, like, it's a, right? Like, if you buy the land, if you give it to your grandkids, they didn't do anything for that. Fuck them. Like, don't and if they don't make it. How can you say that? I knew you wouldn't understand. For you, it's all about the rating. Let's go pillage, you say. But we never spent any time working on building our clan. Oh, come on. We need to build a good amount of gold before we can think about putting a down payment on that clan hall. That's always your excuse. I'm done. I'm logging off. Rose disconnects from the server and pushes back from her keyboard. Jack turns around on his uh, swivel chair behind her. Uh, my line. Oh, uh, what the hell, Rose? What? I'm done investing time in that relationship. Oh, fine. World of Warcraft is old anyway. Wait, what are you doing? Rose puts on her VR headset. I'm logging on to VR Second Life. Uh, Jack puts on his VR headset also. VR Jack, I'm leaving you. What? Why? All you ever want to do is have VR sex. So? I need something more. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack.
that sweet expression, that tender touch. It isn't good to keep faith waiting for too long. I ain't got time to write no love song. Come down to this. I like her style. Just one thing. Behind her smile. Can't miss it. You can see it for miles. Come down to Can't see it for my come down. 
a lonely day, they just did a long line. I'm walking slow, just killing time. She walked by the sun come up. It was a sign, I've got no doubt. Come down to this. I like her style, got warmth behind her smile. Hey, this is Azalia. I am filling in for Roman today on the weekly review. Um, we I'm gonna, obviously going to go uh, and play some of my favorite songs for a bit and also talk about a lot of crap that's been going on. Obviously, as we all know, there's been a lot of crazy crap going on with police shooting innocent black men. Nothing new there. Um, Donald Trump acting like a psycho. Nothing new there. It kind of gets boring and, and scary um, at how desensitized we're getting. Um, but we can't lose hope. Or faith in what is going on. Um, as we all know, uh, what recently happened, uh, an armed black man got shot in the backyard of his grandmother's house holding up a phone, um, which obviously the cops thought was a gun or whatever, um, which is pretty interesting because I uh, just uh, came across that uh, um, they're trying to uh, make it illegal for marijuana users to get guns because right there, that that's the problem. Marijuana users shooting up schools, killing unarmed folks. That's 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 a good place to start to our policymakers. Um, but let me get back to the facts. Um, I feel horrible that I don't remember his name because there's so many names that we need to remember. Um, and I know that's a that's something I, I, I really want to um I wanna remember everybody's name who gets shot. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but since it happens so often, they kind of are dehumanized. Um it's just another black person, another black person. They have names. Um and let's see. A Sacramento police officer shot and killed just a black man. Um Stephen Clark or Stephen Clark. I'm sorry if I'm saying it uh, incorrectly. Um, the fatal shooting of Stephen Clark on Sunday night was recorded by two officers' body cams, which to me is still amazing that it they're just not released immediately. Um, I mean, it's not amazing because, uh, you know, racism and all that is, is a thing, but it's just crazy that it's not questioned, um, the fact that they're not released immediately um things would be very obvious if you just saw the footage um you know obviously if you see the huge difference between this shooting and the shooting of the or the not shooting of the guy who came into his school shot it up um and obviously the picture they put up is of him straight out of high school when right now he actually like looks like a pretty uh frazzled crazy white dude but they didn't use that picture of course he was not shot at um and he is safe and uh, he went and got his fast food before going to jail um whereas this innocent black man is dead 
Um, he was fatally shot Sunday night. It was recorded by the body cams. The footage was released Wednesday. I don't know why not immediately. Uh, the vid- video show a brief encounter between police and Clark lasting less than a minute. So in less than a minute, black men can be shot at. So when people argue, uh, if you're innocent, just put your hands up. You have nothing to fear. It's kind of hard to think rationally when you have 60 seconds to decide what to do when you have guns in your face uh you probably have a minute where where you're just freaking out um people don't get that it's never happened to them all they can do is criticize go well why why didn't he just put his hands up you're in your grandma's backyard and all of a sudden cops come at you i honestly would wonder why why what's going on why the hell are you in my grandma's backyard what did i do wrong but within that minute he was dead um the videos show a brief encounter between police and clark lasting less than a minute from the moment one of the officers spotted him in the driveway and yelled hey show me your hands stop stop normal people would actually say why people argue why didn't he put his hands up oh no why are you pointing at me with a gun (laughs) um in the dark the two police officers chased clark into the backyard of his grandmother's home show me your hands one of the officers yelled gun 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 that i think that just that's just how police officers are trained um it's extremely racist it's horrible um but i i even love um i forget what movie it is um oh it's in broad city actually a great show it's a comedy about two young jews uh jew girls who love to smoke weed and hang out and talk about politically charged events they're they're super pro uh cute uh, QTPOC, they they love everybody, um, and they pay, poke fun at how horribly cops treat black men. Um, there's an episode where they're talking to cops, the two young Jew girls, um, and all of a sudden the cops get uh, they get a report uh, for a black man uh, sitting on a park bench. And um, the report goes, suspect black man holding a book, possibly a gun. Possibly a gun. Because he's a black man, the book is probably a gun. No, that's, that's, their, that's what they are programmed to say so that they shoot before anything else. <laughs> um, but anyways, his death... Um, sorry. Um, show me your hands, one of the officers yelled. Gun, gun, gun. Then police opened fire. Clark crumpled to the ground, momentarily tried to crawl before falling motionless as more shots erupted around him. Because apparently you need to shoot 20 times at one man holding a cell phone because these officers feared for their life. Honestly, I think the reasons officers say they fear for their life is because they should i suppose after all the shit that black people have been through um they they are scared at what they will do back um that is called karma um other people um might say that's uh discipline when you fuck up something needs to happen for you to learn your lesson that has not happened black people are supposed to just forgive and forget slavery was so long ago get over it um i guess they try to get over it because they have no other fucking choice but to get over it otherwise they get shot at um it's it's horrible um i mean cops i think that's more of an internal guilt that they feel they are scared when they see a black man because their ancestors fucked up um and they know that 
those are their ancestors and they did horrible things to black people and it's just this guilt that you know what um oh no this black man has a gun well if he did i I come on you had it coming but it didn't happen it never happens uh it's probably them trying to prepare for the day when the blacks and the the browns all of us all of us people of color stand up and rise together and realize they are not protecting us it's not that we haven't realized it's that we haven't really found a way to go about it and to fix it um we know that we have the power. We know that we have a lot of awesome things to offer society, but we have so many horrible things in our way. Um, and I hope that soon, sooner rather than later, that we will figure out how to get together and to fight police terrorism. <laughs> the terrorism, I mean, it's all over the place, but here on our own soil, the people that are supposed to protect and serve are the ones killing our best. Um, it's a cycle, obviously. Um, it's horrible and scary. And I hate that this is the world we live in. Um, but I do have hope for the future. Um, people like Roman, um, like a lot of my friends that won't stop talking about it. Um, why should we stop talking about it if it's happening? I'm a realist. <laughs> I have hope, but this is the reality we live in. And if we keep ignoring it or just dusting it under the rug, it's going to continue. And I don't know about you, but I care about kids. Um, I want them to have a good future and I want them not to look back and be disgraced by us because that's what they're going to be in the future. When kids look back and see what cops did, what things they were, were able to get away with, I would be disgusted. I know for a fact, my little nieces and cousins and nephews, they would all be disgusted with the way that these supposed adults, people are supposed to look up to act and behave and the crap that they're able to get away with. It is insane and infuriating. And I know um, that, I mean, there's a lot we can do, but at the same time, there's not much we can do. Because I'm honestly, I'm more of a pacifist. I think almost anything can be solved with words. Um, but the only thing is we can both talk, but it won't work if the other one isn't listening. Um, I would love to see people start listening, not only talking. I know we all have strong points of views, um, and we all have our reasons. I, I understand why people are, 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 um, conservative. I understand. Um, and I wish they would understand our point of view as well. Um, I, I get it, but nobody should have to die. That's just it. Everyone deserves a chance. There is a reason we were born, um, I mean, I, I don't know about all of you, but I feel like all of these lives that have been lost to police violence, it is extremely depressing because who knows what they could have done for the movement, um, for their family, for the future. Um, and I hope that it stops soon. Um, it, it's frightening. Um, but like I said, I have hope. I have hope for the future, for our kids. But in the meantime... I'm going to put on some Dead Kennedys police truck. Mm -hmm. 
Hello and welcome back. This is the weekly review. I am sitting in for Roman. My name is Azalia. I've done the show quite a few times with Roman, um, but he is out of town, so I get to step in and and let you all know what uh, is new these days. And what we should all be pissed off about. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure, uh, well, hopefully you've all heard about um, the uh, about Cambridge Analytica. Um, uh, there's a CEO claim about the role in Trump's campaign raises questions. Um, there's a ton of articles out. Um, supposedly a company uh, used Facebook... Um, to urge voters to vote um, for Trump. Um, excuse me. What's amazing about uh, today's day and age, um, we are fed what we want to hear. As a liberal person, I suppose, everything that comes up on my feed says, it pretty much says what I, I want. But I, I like to think it, it's what it is. Uh, unarmed black man shot 20 times. Um, uh, white girl terrorizes her black roommate and gets away with it. Hmm. But I, I'm pretty sure, you know, on someone who uh, is a right wing conservative, um, it's the same articles with different headlines and, you know, different biases. Um, but that we are fed what we want to hear, what we what we believe in. So um, these allegations against Cambridge uh, Analytica are, are pretty intense um, that they used Facebook um to persuade a lot of young voters, I mean, voters, period, that use Facebook, um, to vote for Trump. Um, so, um, this is from the Washington Post, um, let's see, by Marco Cranish, March 21st, just a couple days ago, this was, uh, released, um, as a video camera secretly recorded the conversation, Cambridge Analytica chief exec executive Alexander Nix boasted about his role in Donald Trump's election campaign, saying that he had met the candidate in 2016 many times and suggest and suggested he was integral to the victory. Um, just the other day, um, I was listening um, to the radio, and I heard a, another um, interview with him where um, he is pushing the fact that he had no idea um, that he he's innocent in all of this, and his only regret is that he didn't ask more questions. If he had asked more questions, he would have known more, and he never would have done what he did. Um, bullshit. I call bullshit. Um, uh, Washington Post continues, we did all the research, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting. We ran all the digital campaign, the television campaign, and our data informed all the strategy. Nix told a person posting or posing as a potential client on a recording released this week by Britain's Channel 4 News. It, 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 it's a mind boggling. Um, I, I know this may sound, I, I don't know. But bad people boast about the bad things they do. Um, 
I mean, I guess that's, you know, people go undercover for a reason. Um, because if you're posing as someone that might like what that what they did, you will boast about it. You will boast about what, a, you know, what you did to get your way. Um, these people, I mean, obviously they're discreet to the right people. But, I mean, it, it, it's really pathetic. It's an ego boost. It just shows how... Testosterone. I I I don't know, but it's insane how people will boast about the bad things they did to get their way and how they succeeded and trampled over these people. Um, but then you got caught. That's what's awesome about great actors. Um, so they did all the research, all the data. Um, Nick's told a person posing as a potential client. The claims by Nick's intensify questions about the role Cambridge Analytica played in President Trump's campaign and what data the firm used. Nix was suspended this week amid allegations of unethical behavior and reports that his company in, uh, improperly obtained the Facebook data of millions of Americans. <sighs> Be careful, y'all. Nix told the Washington Post in an October 2016 interview that he could not be involved in the campaign strategy because he was a British citizen. Well, money is money. So, top Trump uh, campaign officials, meanwhile, played down the work of the data science company, which was paid at least $6 million to do voter modeling and ad buys for Trump in the 2016 general election. Brad Parscale, Parscale, sorry, um, who served as the campaign's digital director and who helped hire uh, Cambridge Analytica, appeared to demiss Nix's campaign Wednesday, another day of people taking credit for the real Donald Trump's victory. <laughs> I honestly don't know why anyone would want to take credit for anything Trump did. He's a horrible person. He is disgusting. Um, personal opinion, but I don't care how nice it seems. I would want no ties to that man. Even if, you know, he helped an old lady cross the street. Fuck that guy. Um, the real Donald, he tweeted, another day of people taking credit for Donald Trump's victory, he tweeted, tweeted, oh my God, so incredibly false and ridiculous. Let them say that under oath, just an overblown sales pitch. Parscale did not respond to a request for comment. Surprise. However, the Post reported Tuesday that Cambridge Analytica's voter persuasion strategy was guided by con uh, conservative strategist Stephen K. Bannon in the years before he became Trump's strategist, according to Chris Wiley, a former Cambridge Analytica employee. Bannon oversaw the effort to siphon up Facebook data to create a powerful voter targeting tool and was a top executive at Cambridge when it tested themes such as drain the swamp, later harnessed by Trump. The White House and Trump campaign did not respond to requests for the comment. Nix did not respond to a request for comment. Questions about Cambridge Analytica's data collection resulted from news reports that an app created by Cambridge and University psychologist Alexander, Co uh, Alexander Kogan uh, accessed information from about 50 million uh, Facebook users. The app not only collected data from 270,000 Facebook users who gave direct permission, but apparently millions of other Facebook friends. 
uh, their Facebook friends. Facebook last week banned the parent company of Cambridge Analytica, Kogan and Wiley, for allegedly inappropriately, improperly sharing that data. Kogan said in an interview with BBC Radio that he did nothing wrong and he was being made a scapegoat. He said he was assured by Cambridge Analytica that everything was perfectly legal. Here's a thought. Do your own fucking research. I know you pay a lot of money for lawyers, but it's a cold, cold world we live in, as I'm sure you know. Do your own research. It's not that hard. Ask the right questions. Don't just ask questions like, how much money am I going to make off of this? Uh, will I go to jail? Well, that's the thing. That's all they care about. Ethics, eh, but going to jail and am I making money? I'm pretty sure that's all that really matters. So they stop asking questions after that. Not, oh, is, is this evil dictator-like guy going to win? I, I doubt they care. As long as their bank account keeps uh, keeps on, uh, you know, uh, going on up, and they don't care. They they don't care. <laughs> um, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said in a statement Wednesday that his company had made mistakes, quote unquote, in its handling of the issue. He said that Cambridge Analytica has agreed to a forensic audit to confirm it deleted the data, as the company said this week it did. This is also something that uh, I know will, I mean, I've I've known it it was going to be a very large issue in today's day and age. Um, Facebook, uh, MySpace, started off as just a a way to mingle and to to connect to friends without actually connecting. Um, Honestly, I never thought that it would be a a huge difference or that it would make a huge difference in in the way we communicate. Um, But it's interesting how it's come into a full circle. Um, We have stopped talking to people face to face. We do, but we do it with people that agree with us, which won't do shit. If you're talking to someone who has the same opinions and views and morals as you, all you are doing is confirming them. Um, and, and I mean, it's awesome. It makes you feel good. But if we don't talk to people that don't have the same views as us, nothing will change. We need to go out and talk to people that hate us. Um, I know, especially people of color, uh, non-conforming, uh, non-binary, uh, trans folk especially, it's hard. It's scary. It's uh, Oftentimes, it's, it's scary as fuck because your physical well-being can be put on the line to talk to people that don't agree with us. But since we are the better, you know, that's so horrible, but... We just want us all to get along, honestly. I, I Personally, that's my opinion. I feel that, you know, liberals were liberal because we want everyone to have their place. Um, as long as it doesn't hurt others. Um, do whatever you want. Just make sure it doesn't affect us. Um, I mean, it, it, it's obviously there's a lot of bits and pieces that and you got to delve a lot deeper. Um, but we got to be the bigger person and go out there and talk to people that don't agree with us. 
try to sit down with them, not, I know, literally sit down. Because when you're standing up, pointing fingers at each other, just quoting and stating facts, no one is listening. I see it every day walking around the city. We live in San Francisco. You see people constantly just on the corners yelling and screaming their own beliefs, but rarely do you see them actually engaging in conversation. I I am guilty of this. I rarely have talked to someone with the opposite beliefs as me. I've rarely actually had a conversation. I've talked. I've talked to plenty of of uh, super christian anti-abortion right-wing anti-immigration people and just told them that's horrible that's evil we're all you know just kind of yelling at each other our facts or our our beliefs but we never talk to each other and that's how things are going to change I I have faith that there are people on the right whatever um conservatives who are good people um and I know they think that we're all crazy liberals, but I, I know there are some of them that know that we are pretty rational, nice people too. We need to go out there and find them and talk to them and find our common ground. Um, we have a common ground. We're all human. We all want to be validated. That's about it. We all want validation. And the only way to get that validation is to talk to one another and it's really hard and it's scary as fuck especially when we live in a world where getting shot at is a thing um but we need to go out there and talk to one another instead of just filling out um uh, surveys on facebook because that's how trump won apparently the internet um well i mean that's not the only way there's a uh the Poor white America is the thing. Um, it was amazing. Not too long ago, just like this past week or two, I uh, uh, read, I'm not sure if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is true. Um, Trump was surprised when he found out that most people that are on food stamps are not POC. Most of them are white. I'm not surprised. Most of middle America is white. And... A lot of them don't make enough to, to make ends meet. This is our common ground. We all work way too hard and get very little. It's the tech boom, gentrification. We are all being affected by it. We should all rally together against this. It doesn't matter what color of skin you have. Obviously, that's where, you know, racism stems from a lot of things. But that's another thing. We, we, you got to blame somebody for your reason, for the reason that you're poor, why you can't pay rent. All the blacks are, are taking the food stamps. No, no, that's not it. It's the rich, the people that have way too much money. They're the reasons that this is happening. They want to hold on to their money which is disgusting. It's so sad. Because when you die, you can't take your money with you. What you can take with you is, or all that you're leaving behind are memories. Um, I guess you'll leave money behind for your children, but you're just going to have horrible children who only care about money and, and helping themselves out. Honestly, I, I'm really happy that I learned at a young age that money is not everything. What's beautiful are the relationships we have with one another. The, the, the love and kindness and sharing and caring. 
those are the best moments in life, not the fake moments, not putting a check in your bank. It, it's awesome paying the rent. It's awesome buying food and not worrying about where your next meal is coming from. But there is no reason for anyone to need a million dollars a year, multiple millions, billions. <laughs> that is ridiculous. They don't need it. Um, and what makes me so sad is that I honestly have have come in, I, I have, I am so very lucky to have someone who takes care of me where I am financially stable for the first time in my life. And the hardest thing about it is, is the guilt. I still give, I, I, it's not like I'm balling out of control. We're not talking millions or anything, but it's knowing that I am financially stable, that I, I'm not worried about food or rent for the first time in my life. And there's a lot of guilt and anytime I can or see someone that needs something, I want to give and give and give. It blows my mind that there are millionaires here in the very city I live in that walk by all of these homeless people and don't even bat an eye. If you see someone that needs clothing, why, why don't, why don't you buy them clothes? If you're able to work from home or just make a call, why why don't you take a homeless person on a shopping spree? You can afford it. And trust me, you will feel amazing afterwards. <laughs> trust me. But sadly, I I don't make the rules. But anyways, play some more punk rock. Here we go. Oh, 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 
say ranting i'm hoping i'm just getting through to some folks that'll hopefully help help (laughs) um we want the best for each other and with that we have to be informed knowledge is the greatest weapon no guns necessary knowledge is a beautiful thing so with that you know what's a very popular topic these days? Gun violence. Um, school shootings. It's a thing. That is apparently the generation that we are living in right now. Insane. Um, but I will read something from the New York Times that I just came about. Um, this week, we enjoyed reading comments from hundreds of students across the U.S. Uh, Also, this is by the Learning Network, March 22nd, 2018. 
Um, students from across the U.S., from New York to Florida to California and Ohio. We'd like to acknowledge longtime par uh, participants from YC Clip, Locust Grove High School in Locust Grove, Georgia, and Hogard High School in Wilmington, North Carolina, for weighing in strongly this week. Um, so, as always, thank you for listening. Um, and hopefully y'all are out there making a difference and think, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just by talking to one another, like I just talked about, talk to people who don't agree with you. It's difficult. It's hard. It's hard not to get pissed off. Breathe. Um, in light of recent events, it was no surprise to us that quote, do you think it is important for teenagers to participate in political activism, uh, activism, unquote, was the most popular writing prompt this week. One thing that just gets me so upset is when people, it, it's ageism, when adults sneer at young kids who are trying to get into politics, who are trying to make a difference. All, all they have to say to these young people is that they don't know what they're talking about. Help them. Show them. Don't just criticize people and not give them something to help. It's like telling someone they're stupid and not showing them where the library is. You're just an asshole. If all you do is talk down to people without trying to help them, you're an asshole. You want the world to suck. You want the world to be a bad place. If you're not doing anything to help, you're hurting us. That's a fact. That's one of my favorite quotes. If you're silent in moments or in times of injustice, then you're a part of the problem. Don't say anything at all then. I love that. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Fact. Anyways, where was I? Um, do you think it is important for teenagers to participate in political activism? question mark was the most popular writing prompt this week we received excellent comments from students all over the country who organized and participated in the national student walkouts on march 14th as well as those who chose to opt out here are their thoughts on the protest and here are their thoughts on the protest and teenagers roles in politics kate silver from wilmington north carolina shared her experience on Wednesday, March 14th, thousands participated in the nationwide walkout to protest uh, gun violence and honor the 17 lives lost in Parkland shooting, in the Parkland shooting. Among the participating schools was mine, Hogard High School, at 10 a.m. When the protest began, hundreds of students marched to the forum with their voices ready to be heard. I came prepared with my arms are for hugging t-shirt and no more silence and gun violence written on my poster. 17 students were standing on a wooden bench and came forward one by one, passionately representing each of the 17 victims. Anyone who says, why aren't these kids in class live in a very small bubble? Pop that bubble. There are more things that we need to deal with that are more important than learning about Columbus. <laughs> um, the experience was amazing. I felt as though anything was possible and that we could make a difference. That honestly makes me feel like I could cry. A young person in high school was saying this. That is the beauty of activism. Getting up and 
telling people what you believe in and why you think it is important is in fucking amazing. It's unbelievable. It's easy and, and hard at the same time. But I am so happy that these kids stood up and did it and felt it. And that is a feeling that doesn't just go away. You want it to keep happening. And so honestly, just reading that one sentence, that gives me so much more hope. These kids got, they got that feeling that you get from speaking to a crowd about how you feel about gun violence, about police brutality, about gentrification, racism, so many fucking issues out there, but these kids did it and they got that awesome feeling. It's way better than depositing a shit ton of money in your account that you're going to probably use on prostitutes. <laughs> Trump. Um, I felt, uh, let me continue. The experience was amazing. Um, I felt as though anything was possible and that we could make a difference. Seeing so many students vying for change made me proud of my generation. Amen. I felt like my father, who years earlier marched on Washington to protest the Vietnam War. As a teenager, adults looked down on us, sadly. They see us as a hormonal they see us as hormonal children that only care about themselves. But during the walkout, we showed them that we will not stay silent. And afterwards, they were looking up to us, as they should. Oh, God, this is awesome. Sydney Derner from Wilmington, North, uh, North Carolina, also participated in the walkout, though for a different reason. Teenagers are usually looked down on, upon in politics, like our opinion doesn't matter. We don't know enough about politics to have a say. It's important for teenagers to be able to speak out for what they believe in. Personally, because in a couple years, they're going to be voting. So instead of telling them they know nothing, how about you teach them? Okay, anyways, I go on. It's important for teenagers to be able to speak out for what they believe in. This enforces good political habits, speaking your mind, standing up for what you believe in, participating in voting, etc., I participated in the walkout on Wednesday, March 14th. I don't necessarily agree with what my school is preaching about. I want to honor the victims. The walkout turned into a ban guns rally. Guns aren't the problem. It's the ones behind the trigger that are the problem. In the article, quote, national walkout, school walkout, thousands protest against gun violence across the U.S., quote, Unquote. They mention a 16-year-old who stayed in class during the protests, saying that banning guns isn't the issue, that the real issue is the people doing it. That was the way. That was his way of participating in the political activism. He stayed because it's what he believed in. That's fine. I mean, I, I, it's both. I mean, I personally believe it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to do, but. I mean, it's almost impossible to ban guns. Most guns that are used in horrible acts are, aren't even accounted for. They're illegal guns. These people get guns easily on the streets. People that want to do bad things will do bad things, whether or not it's legal. You think that terrorists go about getting guns at a, a local gun store and registering and, and going, you know, to get verified and having the two week background check thing. No, they will do it no matter what. My opinion is that <laughs> mental issues need to be dealt with. Not, I mean, our mental health 
needs needs help. It needs to be talked about. It needs to it it needs to be addressed. Um people have health, mental health issues. That's fine. We cannot ignore them. We need to deal with them. Um it's not hard, I'm sure, to build a bomb. Um, it's not hard to figure out how to make an explosive or to hurt lots of people without a gun. It's possible, especially at schools. Schools are easy to get into. You just go on campus easily and do horrible things. It's mental health. Um, by uh, making health insurance almost impossible to get, bad things will continue to happen. If we don't allow every person in the U.S. access to health, uh, to health insurance, it's going to continue to happen. Um, it, it's it's insane how easy it is, um, but how we're making it so complicated and difficult to access. Guns are not necessary. Obviously, we, we've talked about how, you know, the right to bear arms, blah, blah, blah. Guns were very difficult ba- or different back in the day. Nowadays, you can kill hundreds of people in seconds with a gun. Back then, it would take you five minutes to shoot one shot. Very fucking different. Times have changed. We need to change. That's it. Not very hard to understand. Um, pride is an issue. That is a mental health issue. If you have so much pride that you need to have a gun, that you need to feel empowered by a piece of metal that can help you murder someone, you have issues. That is not normal. We need to focus on having a nice life, being happy, doing the best that we can, doing things that make us, you know, want to live. Family, friends, going outside, exploring the world, trying new foods, learning new things. That's what should make you happy. Um, Not having something that can murder a family in five seconds. That's fucked up. That, I think, means you need a therapist and you don't have insurance, so I see why you're angry. Um, but that's an issue we need to take up with uh, the powers that be, um, who are also psychos, and this fucking sucks. Um, I, I hate this whole bureaucratic bullshit. Anyways, my rant is over. Let me continue. Um, let's see, where was I? Um, about the kids who participated in the walkout. Um, Teenagers should participate in political activism. Um, It feels good to be a part of something bigger than you could imagine and trying to make a change in the world. This is from the New York Times. In the article, Why Demonstrating is Good for Kids, it mentions a study in the journal Child Development. Teens and young adults who voted, volunteered, or engaged in activism went farther in school and had higher incomes than those who didn't advocate for change. It is so important that we develop our voices at a young age. It only helps us in the long run. Thank you for saying this. Speak up. Say what you feel. But don't be an asshole. 
understand what you're saying before you say it. Understand how it affects others before you say it. But I strongly believe that teaching young children how to speak up for themselves is amazing. And it is so powerful. This weekend, I went to the San Francisco Ballet with my niece. She is nine years old. She's amazing. She's brilliant and beautiful. She's Latina and, and nerdy. She knows how to do the live long and prosper Star Trek hand thing. I love her. We went to the ballet and it was her first time at the San Francisco Ballet. After the first act, the ladies behind us, middle, well, you know, senior ladies, they're probably in their 60s, were just mad and angry she tapped my shoulder and asked she didn't ask she said um can you stop moving your head back and forth I'm having to keep dodging your head and having to look around your head to see and I turned around and said ma'am I'm tall I am looking at my niece and smiling and looking at the front the people in front of us are also moving their heads side to side to look at the stage. I don't know about you, but when people perform on a stage, they don't stay in one place. They move around. So logic says you got to move your head a little bit. Um, the lady then said, Oh, is this what you're teaching your daughter? And I said, first of all, it's my niece. Second of all, I am teaching her how to be polite. If you had asked politely, and spoken to me in a respectful manner, I may have considered helping you out by maybe switching seats with her because you're shorter than me. Um, I can't help the fact that I'm tall, but I will help you. I taught my niece in that instance that the way we say things is so vital to communication. No one is going to listen to you if you are rude, if you're mean and disrespectful. I could have helped this woman, but she was rude and mean and she wasn't understanding at all. I'm tall. I'm almost six foot. If I had just sat there the whole time staring straight ahead, my neck would have hurt and I would have blocked someone anyways. I'm tall. It's not my fault that she's short. That's called a personal problem. That's something no one can help. And you deal with it. The person in front of me was shorter, but they kept moving. And so I had to keep moving my head. But you know what I did? Nothing. I accommodated them because that was not a battle worth fighting. There are bigger battles out there. And I hope that you all are wasting, not wasting your time, but using your time to battle things that are worth battling, like racism, like gun violence, not having to move your neck two inches to the side to see a ballet. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> rant over. Leah Schwargirl from Washington, North Carolina was proud of her classmates. Personally, I am proud of all the adolescents that participated in the walkouts for gun violence or for the uh, memorializing the 17 victims of the Parkland shooting. Even if our efforts to promote change are denied by legislation, at least we were able to experience the unity that comes with standing up for what we believe in. Yes. And hope that the nationwide walkout sparked adults to see teenagers in a more respectable way. Yes. I do, at least. After all, just a week before the walkout, I saw an upsetting post on social media that's 
uh, stated something along the lines of, how am I supposed to listen to teenagers talk about gun laws when earlier this year they were eating Tide Pods? I understand that. It's stupid. You know, there's some adults out there that shoot up heroin and are pregnant, but we still have to listen to our parents. Huh? Double standard. Yeah. You think? To conclude, I can say that, uh, say with pride that after my positive experience with the na- uh, national school walkout, I plan on being a lot more politically active in the years to come. I'm so happy about this. Political activism allows teenagers, adults, and people in general to align their beliefs and engage the world. Thank you. Colin from Lawrence was less impressed with the school's demonstration. Let's see what he has to say. I feel like at my school, walkout was the wrong term. At my school, there was a rally. Disappointed. That was my reaction. Disappointed because of because of being a respectful memorial, it was a politically charged anti-gun rally. Now, there's nothing wrong with expressing your own political beliefs, but school's not the place to hold a political protest. I was under the impression that there was going to be 17 minutes of silence, but when I got but what I got was quite the opposite. People with megaphones yelling and screaming, chanting. It was far more, it was far from a memorial. Do I think young people should protest? Yes, go right ahead, but school is not the place. A large portion of rally of people who went to the rally didn't even know why they were there. This is why communication is key in everything. So, uh, continued, uh, conflicted ideas about guns swarmed around the place. Ban all guns, ban assault rifles. Some people didn't even know what they stood for. The worst thing about, uh, about it is the school can practically host a- an anti-gun rally, but if a student walks in a class wearing a shirt or a hat that portrays their conservative beliefs or lifestyle, they are asked to take it off. It reminds me of a court case we learned about in civics. Tinker versus Demont. This court case ruled um, that students have the right to protest as long as they don't disrupt the learning environment. Although the verdict stands true to this day, I don't see the law being enforced in America's high schools. Interesting. Okay. See, I, I respect that. And that was a very great, that was well put. Thank you for communicating with us, Colin from Lawrence. Um, Next one, and then I'll play a song. Calpana from New York, New York, was also confused about the message protesters were sending, but remained hopeful. I'm not sure about the message my school was trying to send. Well, that's the thing. A school is made up of hundreds of thousands of kids. Everyone has a slightly different view. So you have to know that. We're all slightly different, but I'm pretty sure I'm hoping we all want the best for each other, except for those crazy billionaires out there that just want to protect their money and hide it and and be insane. Um, I know that the students and teachers believe gun violence is bad, and I do too, but it confuses me why we were not doing, why we were doing 17 minutes of silence. I wish we had. I thought the walkout was supposed to be for students of Parkland, Florida, and we would be supporting them by walking out and doing 17 minutes of silence and reading their names. Instead, we did 20 minutes of shouting, rallying for gun control. This is where communication, um, planning, that's honestly, you need to plan, talk to each other. I mean, Facebook is for more than just liking pictures. Make a post about what you're doing, what you stand for. Um, 
it's not that hard. Um, if you have a lot of friends at school or if you're just friends with them on Facebook, post that you're not sure what they're doing it for, but I'm doing it for this and this is what you think it should be for. Um, use this technology for good. Um, put your, you know, put your uh, point of view out there. Don't stay silent. Um, your, your voice matters. Um, instead, we did 20 minutes of shouting and rallying for gun control. The message we were sending out was not Parkland. We sympathize with you, but NRA, we're going to take you down. I do hope still that our rallies help convince Trump to make some gun control laws so there will be fewer incidents involving guns. I agree, but not. Um, he said we're all different, but I don't want any kids to die. I really don't. Um, in that case, I will put something else on for us. Give me one sec, y'all.
experiencing the power of the Lexus performance line. Roaring as the pieces blow 
crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage bills. Used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango. Skip the life and dango. A silk on print to seem to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps. So she could tell her stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so did it. She had to get a picture. <laughs>
Thank you. 